Welcome to season two of the Anti-Podcast, everybody. Troy is playing Candy Crush on his phone. That's Bro, crazy. Just, look at this. Look how many points I'm getting. Damn. I thought only people, uh, old people on the bus played that really loudly off their, their phones. I didn't know that. I play it like this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I did literally work, like, dude, I've, I've been getting pretty good at my job. I've been getting real good at the Candy Crush. <laughs> Since I'm good at my job now, I actually have time, so I'm just like... What the fuck do I do besides jerk off for eight hours? Like, <laughs> Get right in the fucking review. <laughs> <laughs> no, and welcome, no. everybody, to season two. <laughs> welcome to season two. What did I tell you? Easy, easy 50 bucks. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll start. Uh, let's just uh, start the show. It's good, everybody. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, it's Troy and Ryan here. Uh, we're here to kick off uh, season two of the Anti-Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of keep it more current, more, you know, like, talk about what's going on. You know what I mean? So to start it off... Um, you know, definitely something that won't get us canceled. Definitely something that we can, you know, market this podcast off of. Uh, Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks still in the news for some reason. I, do, I don't understand why. It's like <laughs> I I enjoyed this meme very much. The whole white boy summer meme when it first came out. But it's just getting it's getting kind of stale and it feels a little bit forced. How, how do you feel about this right now, Troy? Honestly, uh, I, I kind of felt the same way as I did in the beginning, just indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like I, I, you know, I get like you know, like Chet, what Chet Hanks is trying to say of you know, like oh, it's white boy summer, like it's you know, it's our summer, like it's everybody's summer, white boy summer, like white boys aren't bad, but just like I don't know, man. The last summer, I thought that was good, white boy summer. Like, let's... yeah, I, th- I thought white boy summer already happened. <laughs> it's, just like, it's been happening you know it's just like why do we need to uh, uh, another reminder of it but um yeah as i wrote in my article it was kind of like it, everything was in bad taste like the whole shirt thing obviously i don't think we talked about that in the last episode um uh but like the whole shit how it looked like fucking like a like an aryan biker gang like the white boy summer and then he he tried to like backpedal with the black girl summer merch and then you know who bought that it was just a bunch of fucking douchey white guys like oh it's a bunch, oh, the, uh, a bunch of people we went to college with probably bought it 100 percent. yeah all the people all the people who he said like shouldn't buy shouldn't like participate like i don't know i just feel like on the internet you can't tell people not to participate in stuff like they're just gonna do it harder you know what i'm saying oh totally so, so what was that uh what was the tmz video here oh yeah yeah so after i published my article um i saw some shit pop off at the end of my article i wrote like he's probably gonna do something that goes too far that's gonna get him canceled because he's already on the edge of it and there's a whole thing now where his ex his ex girlfriend is alleging like abuse or something like that, and then he's alleging abuse back. And then yeah, there's this whole video of him like in a mansion, where in where, you know Fat Chet. 
the uh, pussy clot shit, uh, boss man Biden shit, uh, with a fucking bloody head, <laughs> and it's very dark, very dark video. That's it. I'm just gonna watch it real fast. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, watch it real quick. He got like hit over the head with a pot or something like that, and he's just like yelling about it. Oh my god, it's pretty bad, right? Damn, very messy. I like how he's like kind of checking himself out while yeah. he's, <laughs> he's biting his lip. His skull. He's like, damn, maybe this will get me some clout. Wow. That's- <laughs> wow. <laughs> she just attacked me with a knife. Nobody's really exactly sure 100%. Like, obviously, there's abuse happening one way because he has it on video. Pretty clear. But, um, opposite way, I don't know. And, like, I don't really know how I feel about him at this point. It's kind of weird because the other thing about him is whenever I, I try and tell somebody to look up the White Boy Summer music video, it's like, I don't know if it's like demonetized or completely blocked on YouTube, but if you look it up, it's just all commentary about how it's bad and you can't actually find the real video, which is yeah. kind of strange. Yeah. Is that, is that still, is that still the, the thing? Let me see. White Boy, White Boy Summer music video. Yeah. Is it able to pop up like as soon as you look it up or you can, or are you unable to find it? Why the race card displayed? No, yeah, it's all comments. That's what I'm saying. It's hard commentary. to find. So I don't know if it's a dead meme, if it's not funny, or if like if the media is purposely like making it unavailable to people. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the liberal media trying to silence Chet Hanks. I think that's what it is. It's an interesting thing because it it, it kind of is happening. That kind of is happening because this is like an organic thing that he created. It is like a meme. It is funny. The song is actually kind of good. I'm not gonna lie. Have you li- have you listened to it? No, I haven't. Just oh on my god! <laughs> no, well, I'm gonna listen to a little bit of it, bro. <laughs> it's on principle. I just have not. I'm just gonna play it right to the mic. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to give this guy money. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, man. As soon as you get a bag, these bitches wanna take it from me. Take it from me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Turn it up. The beat. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. White boy song. I met a bad little shorty on the powder dance Getting to the bag like it was her only chance Rich bitch, no one no, up no, them bands Said fuck it, then she went and made her only fans uh, Hot boy, white boy summer Got your favorite Instagram bitch, DM in her number Hit the strip club and Mike Thunder She let me beat it, I'm a white boy wonder uh, Back gal, white dandada <laughs> Oh, no Back gal, white dandada Rude boy, it's a white boy summer now, I will ask, is this worse than Justin Bieber doing what he did on his EP or what? Oh, my <laughs> God. Yikes. Um, I, I, I mean, <laughs> so, I don't know. They're, they're, I mean, I guess the EP and the song, they're both about white people, you know, and their ideologies. Having too much um, fun. <laughs> no, Justin does not. Uh, that's not his EP. See, I don't know. Chet Hanks, I, I don't know. I, I kind of liked uh, what I was hearing. I think the production on that is, you know, it's he, so should good. Not have that, he should not have that <laughs> production. The production. How the hell so did good. he get that? That beat switch, the boom, boom, that shit is, that was unbelievable when I first heard it. Yeah, I, I can't believe Chet Hanks uh, has that, like, pretty good uh, production. But, uh, yeah, honestly, another thing, too, with, I guess if we want to do compare it to the Justin Bieber project, is that the production is also very good on that project. Mm-hmm. It's just that everything else is just garbage, like... Yeah, yeah, I guess it's kind of, uh, yeah, I guess they're kind of the same kindred spirits in that way, sort of. Just white boys with way too much uh, resources, making horrible fucking self-indulgent um, Jamaican <laughs> music that's not, doesn't belong to their culture at all. I wonder what Tom Hanks thinks about this, because 
My man has been through a lot this year. I mean, he he was one of the first celebrities to have COVID. He survived COVID. Yeah. He survived COVID. He survived the, like the plane crash in the Hudson. His boat was taken over by the Somali. He survived pirates. hosting SNL during COVID. Survived hosting SNL. That's right. He was <laughs> stranded out uh, as a UPS worker for you know two months, and all he had was a volleyball to keep him company. He 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 steered that train off the ice, and he was a cartoon. You know what I mean? My man has been through a lot this yes. week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of just weird, just like, how this is Tom Hanks' son. Like, it's like all of his parenting went into Colin. None of it went into Chet. Pretty much. Colin is just like a carbon copy, bro. He's just like, and then Chet is just like, Chet is just doing way too much, bro. Yeah, Chet is just Chet. He's a Chet, you know? Yeah, he's doing way too much. But I will say, the Versace glasses he has in the music video, I caught them today. You, you, wow. <laughs> I really like the glasses. Man, it just sounds like you really like Chet Hanks. <laughs> I like. I'm on the fence, bro, because the the whole the whole abuse thing that popped up is kind of very fishy, and like where there's smoke, there's fire type of thing. You know, I also don't like. You know, I I don't really respect his whole Jamaican patois thing and how he kind of toes the line. Like he's holding like on the on the music video single. I mean, I can show you it. He's just like just fucking. It's like, like holding the Jamaican flag, right? Yeah, right. It's just like, come on, man. It's just like a little bit too much. Like he's just going, he's just adding a little bit too much spice. Yeah, pretty to much. The, to the mayo, you know? A little, yeah, it's a little too much spice. I feel like if, um, yeah, he kind of needs to like, I guess back off a little bit, I think then like the meme will come back to be relevant. I just feel like if you, I don't know, maybe I can't speak on this, but if you want to be a white boy that can hang, like you can't stand out or do too much. Like, like knowing how to dance is a big one, obviously. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just not being an asshole. And I just feel like, he doesn't really know how to dance that well, and he's kind of, I don't know. I feel like he's going to get beat up. I feel like, I don't know. It's a little its a little bit weird, just the, just the amount of things that he's doing. Well, I don't know. let's see where this story plays out. Maybe, you know, it's still a little too early in this. He might get beat up, you know, who knows? That's true. That's yeah. true. I was jokingly saying that he might uh, get at Saweetie and then get, get beat up by the Migos, but then you were saying that that was too TMZ of me, but... You know, I'm putting it out there in the universe. Maybe we can make another bet. At, like you said, that the Sixers are going to win. We well, can make it. <laughs> well, okay. Well, one thing that, that some will more side happen. Act, some more side action. Um, that will happen. But you know what, though? I will say, like, I guess the next step for Jed Hanks would do uh, the White Boy Summer remix with a Saweetie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because I was trying to, I was saying to you that SZA laughed at it and so did Rihanna. I don't know if they're laughing at it or they're like, ha ha. No nah, man, they're just <laughs> laughing at it. No way. I, I don't know. I don't think Rihanna and SZA are, you know, just because they like a photo of him on Instagram. Does he mean <laughs> that they're the biggest fans? Yeah, it's not not necessarily endorsement. Exactly. I know Patia has been making fun of him for quite a while, and I was always wondering what her opinion on him was. Yeah, I wonder. We should uh, reach out for a uh, comment. That's true. I would love to to interview Patia and and uh, her co-conspirators. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, all right, so I guess we should move on to the the next one. Um, yeah, well, we, yeah, we were talking kind of about uh, you know white boys doing too much and and Jamaican patois. Justin Bieber, of course, as we said, mm-hmm. did that on his his EP, right? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So I don't want to sound like too mean or anything, but I will say this: that so this project, like you know, I could totally tell he was very passionate about this. He really wanted to make a religious gospel album, mm-hmm. you know, which you know, good for you, you know, do what you want to do. But I just think it, it just didn't really 
hit the mark that he was really reaching for. Like it was a little, it was just weird to me. Like, uh, like some songs, like he just wanted to like be like, oh, like I'm so sorry. Like actually, he never said he was sorry. He was just like, oh, like don't worry, like only God can judge me. Only God could, you know, live, keep living my life. I'm like. Yeah, I mean, you did do a lot of shitty things in your life, but, like, you didn't say you were sorry for any of that. You were just, like... What about sorry? Sorry? (laughs) I'm pretty sure... First of all, that was probably a better song than anything on this project. Sorry. I guess technically he didn't say sorry on that song. He said, is it too late to say sorry? He didn't even... Yeah, (laughs) he didn't even say it. He was just like, it is too late to say... My man is literally dancing around sorry. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's like he was right there of being like, like you know what? Maybe I wasn't the best person growing up. Uh, beat drop. But God got my back, so I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was like pretty bad. And plus, like, I didn't like how like he, he did kind of flex his, his uh, wealth a lot on, on the on this gospel album. Yeah, you know, it, it came off disingenuous. Like when he was just like. um was it at 17 years old he made a million dollars? Yeah, oh bro, I got millions of dollars in pussy thrown at me at 17. <laughs> it was just too much. Exactly. Like, exactly. He reminded me of the um, what, what was the one Simpson meme of like the the dude that like, bending over and there's like oh, two girls the around him. <laughs> Fucking yeah, the ch- Oh man. Smithers? Yeah, Smithers. Smithers, yeah. Smithers getting Smithers getting twerked on. Yeah, exactly. It kind of reminded me of that. It's like, <laughs> "All right, bro, like I'm a like, man of God." <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I mean, like that was real bad. Um, I didn't like too, like how he brought on his pastor, like his actual pastor, <laughs> Judas Smith. Like his parts were just peculiar because, like, his parts were just like him, like in this omnipotent voice, like saying like a prayer. Yeah, and I'm just like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, it like, worked well in the on the um the first Kanye gospel album, the orange one. With the lady's ass on the front of it. What album is that? I forgot the name of it. Uh, Life of Pablo? Life of Pablo. Yeah, right. He had uh, that guy um, on the first song. I forgot the dude's name. He did a little prayer. He's like, let us pray for all those that whatever, blah, blah, blah. At the end of uh, Ultralight Beams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't like, I don't know. I, I feel like that was more natural than... Well, because it came song. after a good song. You know what I mean? The song the song was fucking fire. And then it had a fire chance verse, like peak, like literally peak chance. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, that was probably the best chance verse he's ever had. <laughs> and he said, "I'm never gonna fail." He's like, but, "I'm never um, gonna fail." Yeah, and, and you know what? Though at a time he was never gonna fail. Yeah. Now all he does is fail. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of chance, too, like on, I didn't like to either. On like another song, like Justin pretty much like steals the, the like a very similar flow. To We're in chance this together. Or which one is that? That might be it. Uh, here, I just want. It's either that one or or it's uh, all she wrote, but like I just remember hearing it and I'm just like, this does not even like like he doesn't even try to like hide the fact that this sounds exactly like uh, Chance the Rapper. Only two years old, I was playing drums on the table. Guess I yes. knew it was the right. only thing stable. When I was young, I could pick It's the only thing quick. stable. Anything that I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is. It is. We're in this together. Where he's like, it's anything that I did, and my <laughs> life wasn't stable. Like. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that. No, yeah. It's, you know, like, of course, like, I mean, we all saw Justin Bieber, like, grow up for all of our eyes. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to say, like, his life was, like, the easiest thing. Especially, like, you know, having, like, him just doing whatever it always made uh, front page of the news every time. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel like uh, he's never, like, fucked up so badly where, like, I don't know, he went, like, bankrupt or, like, he, like, hurt anybody, like, seriously, like... Yeah, I don't know. He, he seems like he hasn't done anything that that bad. That like he needs to do an entire 
like religious experience album. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like when people have religious experiences, they try and like rope like late like late religious experiences. Like everybody else around them who like was seeking forgiveness already got it one way or another. Like I don't know. He got he got it through the roast. Like he did the roast and everybody just completely trashed him and like he thought he was going to go up there and everybody was just going to have a fun time with him, but it really broke him. Like you could tell like all those jokes like Hannibal versus like I'm not even here for you, bro. I don't even like your music. I'm just here because it's a good opportunity, type of shit. <laughs> this is good for my career. <laughs> One of the funniest <laughs> roast jokes. I love that shit. That's really funny. But like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like everybody kind of got what they needed at the roast. Like, you know, I don't think anybody really gave a shit. And he doesn't need to continue to apologize or fake apologize or like you know like act like he's gonna say sorry for something. Just make good music. That's like all. Like, I don't know you personally. You didn't do anything to me. So just like make good music, like you already made no, good music exactly. on your last album. Why don't you do it again this time? Well, well, yeah, like his last album, the last like, last album, <laughs> last 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 album. Per- Honestly, for me, like, I think one of these better ones is perfect. Oh, the last, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. The, the one yes. that came out in like right, maybe like six years ago. That yeah, I, was just, like, I, I mean, I, I guess I he did. It. He did just try and come back and just make uh, the same shit again. He with like that yummy and everything, and just like try and forget about saying sorry. I guess, but it did turn out kind of bad. I don't know. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, fuck Justin Bieber, bro. <laughs> no, totally. Plus, like, I, I also didn't like how, like, kind of towards the end of the album, he was, like, kind of talking about, like, cancel culture. And he was just, like, like, he did, like, the, like, we live in a society and society cancels people. And, like, but we don't let people grow. And it's just, like, what? Like, come on, dude. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, like, I kind of see what he's saying about, like, like, you know, in today's day and age, if somebody really, like, messes up, like, they mm-hmm. get canceled. But, like, People who get like actually canceled, like like uh, like who commit like actual crimes, like you his know buddy Crystalia, like his favorite comedian Crystalia, his favorite, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Him getting canceled, that's totally fine. You know what I mean? Because he broke the law. He was he, he was was it was a pedophilia or something, right? Yeah, he was doing like borderline sex trafficking. He was like inviting girls over and being like, "Yo, you should sleep with my friend too. He lives over there." Like type of shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's doing weird shit. Yeah, like, I think, like, that's the cancel culture that needs to stay. But, like, I don't know. I feel like Justin Bieber, like, sure, he's been canceled, like, quote-unquote canceled. But, like, he's never been canceled. Not so really. I don't know why he feels like he was canceled. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I don't know why he he's taking it upon himself on this album to, like, try and, like, seek forgiveness for the cancels. I don't really... I don't know where yeah, he's going with it. Why would he take? Yeah, that's a weird stance too to take. Is like, like, like I blame society for canceling people and not the people getting canceled. Yeah, right. Why don't we look at what they did? Yeah, you're not making good music. Like, like if Kendrick Lamar wants to talk about cancel culture, okay, like, go ahead, bro. Like, maybe, maybe him or someone like someone who has some sort of thing to say. You're just making <laughs> bad pop music. Like, you're married to a you know a Baldwin. Like. Like you, you won, bro. What, you, yeah, won. you won. <laughs> Congratulations! I'm gonna insert a little party thing going off. You know, you won, Justin. Congratulations. Yeah, but he lost on this album because, like, I really wanted I wanted some good dance tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 because he at least like Justin was able to put out like a song or two that's like is always in the club. But like, I don't see anything off this project like at all. DP, absolutely not. The thing before, maybe Peaches. I guess. I guess. Yeah, Peaches is the one that people keep playing. I I think that song is a is a weed pandering song. I think I think weed culture is is toxic. <laughs> weed culture is toxic. Weed legalization culture is very is very silly to me. Like people right. people people are going to be smoking doobies like uh like they like they have like a Bud Light in the commercials type of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So so Troy, you were just talking about like music that's going to be played in the club, right? Yeah. 
So I think now that clubs are kind of coming back and, you know, music festivals have been announced that they're also coming back. Like, what do you think all that's going to look like going forward? Like, I don't know, like with clubs, with clubs, do you think they're going to be playing shit from like a year ago that would have been a hit in the club? Or do you think they're going to like start playing stuff that would be now? Like, like, I feel like there's going to be a delayed effect where there's going to be a lot of Bad Bunny. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Now, that's a good question, to be honest. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the bars, because like you want to play like whatever's the most relevant. But um, yeah, a lot of songs, I guess, have been kind of relevant. I, I don't know. I think like a lot of the songs that came out like last year and into this year, they're all probably just going to be buried. And like no one's really going to be listening to them in like a year or two from now. But of course, like there's going to be the, the some bangers that are going to be able to surprise through the ages, you know, just like the weekend. Like, to, like, yeah. Do you think Eternal just, Taken and, and um, Pull Out of Red are going to survive? Because I hope so. No, I don't think so. Really? I don't think I don't hmm. I don't imagine myself in the bar listening to a Lil Uzi Vert or a Playboy Cardi song. I would love Sky. I mean, that's that seems like a one. Sky that, would be cool. I think a Sky would be a good transition. But like, I don't I don't know. The kids, the kids don't think it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but the kids don't go to bars. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of bars, too, and, like, kind of, like, social, like, gatherings. Um, I mean, today, like, I mean, I just saw on, like, Megan Thee Stallion's yeah, page right. that she, like, is going to be at five music festivals this summer. Like, first of all, I didn't even know that there are going to even be music festivals this summer at all. Yeah. Do you think mom. there will be? I feel like, I don't know. I'm very uh, cautious to be buying tickets, like. I'm a huge music festival guy myself. I've been to a shit ton, but like, I'm a little bit weary. No, me too. Or I wary, mean, whatever the word is. Mm-hmm. No, me too. I think like uh, I'd probably be more confident after I get um, vaccinated. But like, it's just like I don't even know how that's really going to affect these music festivals too. Like, is it going to be like a? I mean, I know they said like in the news and stuff about a vaccine passport. Mm-hmm. Like, will that be like an actual thing? Because like, I don't, I don't really see like like. Hundreds of thousands of people like go to Bonnaroo and they're all vaccinated. Yeah, they all got the vax passport. I mean, there's got to be some anti-vaxxers at, at Bonnaroo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that'll work. I'm 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 very very curious because I again I've been to a lot of music festivals and like they they do have rules and regulations, but literally as soon as you step through the bar- the the thing where they check for weed and they check for guns, like you're it's pretty much like you do whatever. You know, what I mean, there'd be people fucking in porta potties. There'd be like, you know, mm-hmm. gross shit. I saw a girl pee in front of me during Outcast one time. Like, um, <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. But um, you know what I mean? People pulling weed and coke and stuff out of their socks, and and I don't know. I saw Sheck West. Uh, um, what song is that? Fucking Mobamba uh, live, and that was a fucking crazy thing. I just wonder if people are gonna care about the regulations once they're actually in there like oh definitely not i mean you know because they're, they're in there and they're all drunk like you know like who who would care at that point like if you're socially distanced like you're sick you're just like three feet away let's say right and like the security can see everything like how many people were there be and can you smoke weed like can you like you're just gonna see the smoke cloud and be like oh like section c1 like get him the fuck out of here type of shit <laughs> no yeah that's a good point i mean you know because like I'm just looking at these. Can you smoke weed, right? That's like an airborne thing. I don't even know. No. Yeah, you definitely cannot. I mean, it's definitely... Yeah, because you can't blow that in people's faces. Yeah, it's an airborne disease. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I, 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 I personally don't think the music festival culture is going to be the same mm-hmm. for these, of course. But uh, but I don't know. they got some pretty good uh, people on these, <laughs> on these lists. Yeah, that's uh, true. I will say, like... um. 
what was it for Rolling Loud? Like, so Rolling Loud in Miami, like that's going to be the COVID capital of the world. But look at these, look at this lineup though. We've got ASAP Rocky, Twenty One Savage, a little baby, Playboy Cardi, Trippy Ooh, Red, Cardi's Ross. Gonna be there? Yeah, literally, like, it's just, like, the biggest people that, that we've been kind of sitting on for this whole pandemic are all coming out with, like, music and everything. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This is this summer? This is July? July. Yeah, Ju- July, uh, Miami, 2021. This is unbelievable that I'm looking at this right now. I don't Dude. see this happening in July. Yeah. They got, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was in Florida. That's why I'm thinking, like, it's going to be the COVID capital of the world. It's in Florida, you know? Was it Bobby Shmurda is gonna make an appearance? Like, come on! Wait, he's on there? Oh yeah, yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, he's a special guest on uh, Sunday, I think. That's crazy. Benny the Butcher. This is a really, really good lineup. I mean, crazy, crazy lineup. Even Jack yeah. Harlow, who I don't like, it would be funny to see him. Like, um, Young Beauty. You got some good people down in the down in the bottom of the list too. IDK is really good. Um, Mariah the Scientist. BFP the Pac Man. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this lineup is real good. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, this all just seems really good. Like, so even though, like, we are during this COVID time, like, I feel like, like, these just lineups are just incredible. So Rolling Loud's, like, one of my favorites. And then, um, yeah, because was they have ASAP Rocky, Travis Scott, and Post Malone all headlining uh, for that. And then, like, on Bonnaroo, like, they're going to have, like, the Foo Fighters, Meg The Stallion, Lizzo, Tame Impala, Tyler The Creator, Lana Del Rey, Lil Baby, Dead Mouse, Leon Bridges. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, they have, like, like these music festivals, they pulled out all the biggest people, I think, because they just need this comeback. Yeah, I think a lot of these were the same people as last year. I know Lizzo, Tame Impala, and um, Foo Fighters. I th- uh, no, uh, Meg The Stallion. I think we're gonna be there last year. I think. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. you uh, were gonna go, right? Yeah, I was gonna go. Uh, Lizzo was on there, but uh, but they added people too that I really want to see too. Like Phoebe Bridgers is on here now. Oh. Um, Run the Jewels is on here now. Janelle, Janelle uh, Monet, um, Glass Animals too has been added on. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they so like they had the people that like originally were going to perform at these events, but then they just added all these awesome, relevant people. Yeah, I, I think I'm so spoiled on music festivals. Whenever I see, even though I'm seeing this now in front of me, and I'm like, oh shit! Like I haven't been to a concert in like two years. I'm like, I'm still like, I would not be psyched to see. Like Grace Potter, Dashboard Confessional, Big Wild, Troy Boy. What you don't want to see Troy Boy? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> care to see any of these people. But like, but now that you know, now that I haven't again, I haven't been to a concert. I would kind of love to see <laughs> literally any of these people. Even I, I mean, even Ash Nico. I mean, famously, I don't like Ash Nico <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't mind. Fuck it, fuck it. I'll go see G Easy. I don't care. I mean, I don't know about that. I'm not going <laughs> to risk Where's my that? life <laughs> to go see GZ. <laughs> that stage is empty. Where is everybody? Yo, what's up, guy? Oh, shit. Nobody's here. Yo, what's up, guy over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, he's trash, bro. GZ is trash. Nobody will see him. But the festival that I was looking at that was really cool is um this Ill Points Festival in Miami. I uh, think I sent you the lineup for that. Strokes, Wu-Tang, yeah. um, Eric Prides. Uh, Jamie XX, Katronada, um, Virgil, Ablo, 3-6, Mafia. Um, Wait, what did you say? Virgil, Ablo? Yeah, he's doing DJing. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Earth Eater, George Clanton, a lot of, uh, some, some of the kind of like lesser known, but still really, really good acts. Um, I know that they had a couple years ago, they had Ghostface Killer and, uh, MF Doom, which is kind of cool. 
yeah, this looks like a pretty solid lineup. There's a couple of people I don't give a fuck about, but um, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these people are cool. I'd like to see them. I would like to go to Miami and see like an indie festival. That would be cool to me. I just want to go to Miami, bro. To be honest with you, I just wish it wasn't so fucked up down there. Dude, same here. I I miss uh, I miss Florida. I love Florida. You know, yeah. you just go down there, party, hang out with friends. But now, yeah. um, yeah, but now it's just like, like get on the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people getting tased. <laughs> yeah, people getting tased and tear gassed. I know. I had that last summer. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, true. But it's like in a fun setting now. Like you're like you're listening to like uh, I don't I'm in know. a bathing suit this time. Yeah, you're in a bathing suit and like <laughs> and like uh, beatbox three is playing or something in the background and then there's tear gas. It's a little, it's a little bit weird. Mm. <laughs> little Smash bit your mouth is being played in the background. Like <laughs> bro, Smash Mouth. Did you hear about that when like a, like back in the I don't know some part in the pandemic they did that like um that super spreader event at like the motorcycle rally. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it because like they like tweeted uh, after it and they're just like fuck COVID and then they're just like. Hundred people got caught COVID. <laughs> I just want to say for the record, yeah, Shrek, cool, whatever. But fuck Smash Mouth, fuck Smash yeah. Mouth. <laughs> Y'all are trash. <laughs> fuck you. Damn. But um, only <laughs> they were better. That's true. Be better, Smash Mouth. But music festivals are cool. Um, you know, we've been to a few, so I don't know. I, I feel like I've gotten my experience out of music festivals. I feel bad for the like younger kids who are just getting into this stuff now. You know, parents are just letting them off the leash, letting them go see. You know, spot him, got him at the at Rolling Loud. I just wonder. I, I'm 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 praying for him. No, seriously. Like I, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's COVID, dude. It's gonna affect uh the like everyone's like, our entire generation for probably a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, at least we all got to work from home. That's true. Well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't disclose what I do, but I did not. And now no. new music, new music, new music. New yeah. So Ryan, now that it's been like officially one week, um, our one of our favorite bands, kind of uh, from college, have finally released uh, a new album, um, Roadrunner. What did you think of uh, Roadrunner by Brockhampton? Yeah, uh, by Brockhampton. Yes, um, those people. Hmm. So, as you mentioned, obviously in college, Saturation One, Two, and Three were pretty pretty big for me. I mean, Saturation One, especially um, during the summer. Uh, I, I worked at the college radio station uh, where we went to school in, in Fairfield, and that shit got me through the summer a lot for sure. Very very fun songs like Heat, Gold, um, Milk. I think was another fun, another pretty weird but fun one. Uh, that was a good one. Saturation Two had Gummy, obviously Swamp. Um, really cool mix of hip hop, R and B, and then at the end of each album they would have uh, Bareface, their you know guitarist on staff, whatever do a little kind of like prince like song and guitar ballad which is cool so i, I really like the saturation series definitely got me through college got me through studying saturation three i remember specifically got me through um one of my harder uh classes i think it was maternity actually <laughs> my, my maternity class obgyn class uh because that shit sucked but yeah 
Saturation 3 was cool. Mm-hmm. So as they progressed, and then Amir got kind of canceled, kicked out of the group for, you know, what he did. Um, and they signed the RCA for six albums over two years, which was a, kind of like a grueling uh, contract for them. Um, then Iridescence came out, which at the time I thought was trash. I'm, I'm starting to have a newfound appreciation for it because it is, it is a very fun and kind of weird record. Um, I don't know if you remember that one, Iridescence. I do a little bit. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, to be honest, because like I was just because like, I just loved the Saturation trilogy. I thought that was like their peak of um, like as a band. Sadly, even though that was just the first three albums that they did back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was the, the best projects, you know. But um, yeah, Iridescence yeah. was was cool. Um, but and then Ginger came after. You probably heard that one. Maybe you're more familiar with it. Yeah, I like that one um, too as well. Um, I, you know, I liked uh, kind of like the sadder direction they went because, like, um, also like with that sadder direction, I felt like they also started to find themselves as a band without a mirror. But um, yeah, on this new project though, um, on Roadrunner, I thought that they probably sound the best they've done. They sounded in the past like three years. Post saturation, yes, I would I would agree. Because um, iridescence. The, you know, Iridescence was, was cool. Again, at the, I'll talk about, you know, from, from when they came out. Because Iridescence, again, I have a newfound appreciation. I kind of like it maybe just as much as this new one. Um, but at least back then, it was like they were getting their rage out. They were, like, very upset and very angry and didn't know what direction to take the group in. And it was kind of kind of showed. And they would try all different things, which at the time I didn't like. And then the next one, they kind of got sad. And they're like, all right, like, it was kind of like, almost like the stages of grief, like anger, disbelief. And then it goes into like, all right, like we're healing, we're, you know, we're believing it type of shit. That was, that was what I saw in Ginger. But then of course the pandemic hit and now everybody's depressed all over again. And then that's when this one came out. You know, you, you would think after Ginger, they would kind of um, start healing and being like, all right, cool. Like we can go back on tour. Like we're a formed group. Like let's make the bangers again. And to an extent they, they do try that on this project. You know what I mean? Like with Bankroll and with the opening song with Danny Brown, which is probably my favorite song on the album. Um, uh, they do try that to an extent, but they do fall back into that kind of depression spiral a bit. And sometimes it's the good effect. Sometimes it's the bad effect. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you did you like the song The Light? Yeah, that was a real good song. The production wise was incredible. Um, they didn't have like really strong performances on there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what did you think of the The Light? Yeah, The Light. Um, I said the Danny Brown song was my favorite. Actually, the light is probably my favorite. One of my favorite Brockhampton songs because they really like, again, Joba on this project, he, he takes the wheel, um, you know, where um, in the past Amir and Kevin um, have kind of been the main dudes and Joba was always like uh, in the background. And even in the press photos for this, he's all the way in the back. But he's always like on this album, he's so present and he's so giving of himself and of his talents. And especially on the light, um, when, you know, he talks about some really fucked up things that happened with his dad's um, suicide. He's like, did you think about me when you, you know, pulled the, when you cocked the, the, you know, whatever back um, mm-hmm. of the revolver, like, and then he's talking about like how we, how we had to pick like the brains like out of the ceiling type of shit. And that was like very shocking for me. Like, I didn't expect that to pop up on this album. I didn't, I didn't know that even happened to him. And um, that threw me for a loop completely. But I don't know. The. The, the album is cool. Um, the album is very good, I would say. Um, pretty good, I would say. The, the things that drag it down for me, um, I don't know about you, but the things that drag it down for me are definitely some spots where it'll have a moment like that and then it'll be like an R&B, like fun song afterward and you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, the, the transitions are definitely like kind of weird. 
But um, I also thought, too, that there were, like, a lot of features on here for a boy band with, like, 30 people in it. <laughs> right, right. There's too many members already, and it's hard to find the roles, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. But, like, you know what, though? I will say, though, like, on Bankroll with um, ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg, like, I thought that was, like, a really good fit. Yeah. Like, like those two, like, man, they should have just joined Brockhampton. ASAP yeah. Hampton. <laughs> yeah, they should have. <laughs> and then Connect, that makes sense because ASAP, ASAP uh, Mob and everything started off on Tumblr, like, as an organic thing. They made all their own graphic design. They had all these members that they tried to fit in. You know, they had one or two members that are, like, the star. You know, it fit, like, they... It makes it makes perfect sense that they would be friends mm-hmm. to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought that was good. I thought the Charlie Wilson um, feature was a little dated. Didn't really need that. I don't know why. Like it's a, that's that's more of like a guilty pleasure for me. I know that song is b- kind of bad, but I like the. <laughs> you I like know the you. I'll take you back. At <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I like that. Take you back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'm not, that was okay. Um. Uh, you know what I also like too? I liked uh, "Don't Shoot at the Party." I thought that was a really mm. good track too. Like uh, I, I just like the the production on there. It reminded me of like '90s rap or mm-hmm. something. Of like with the they did the the synths and everything, like, like G-Funk I just, or something, right? Like uh, the Chronic or some shit. Exactly. It sounded like something off the Chronic, which I you know I, I don't know. I just really like because of that. That's a good song post COVID because it's like all right, like there there hasn't been like very many school shootings because there hasn't been school. And now everybody's going back to parties and going back to school with the, you know, all the aggression from COVID. It's kind of like, all right, guys, like, please leave your guns at home. Like, let's not like, like, like maybe this is a blessing in disguise that this shit happened. And we maybe, maybe it could wipe out this problem. Like, let's not, let's not bring guns places anymore. Let's try and keep, <laughs> let's try and we, there's been <laughs> enough death. Don't shoot up the party. <laughs> right, right. There's been enough death. Like, why? Like, let's stop with the fucking guns for once in our, in our lives, you know? No, I don't. Cool message. You know? <laughs> as a gun owner, Troy, how do you feel about this song? As an as an NRA card carrier. <laughs> whoa, 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 no. Uh, no, I mean, not. Let's <laughs> say, Ryan's talking about terrorism. <laughs> no, Troy's not an NRA card carrying member. It was, it was a joke. Yeah, but, but Ryan is a terrorist, though. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. I seen you cough on that old woman. Hold on. Bio. Whoa. Hold on. I thought we were going to talk about that. All right. Let's move on to more Brockhampton. Uh, yeah. So, 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 like, in conclusion. So overall, what did you think? Yeah, in conclusion. I mean, I, uh, I did I did do the, the formal review, whatever, the anti-review. And I did, I did give it an essential. Um, some people seemed maybe disappointed because of all the hype that I was kind of building around it but i ended up giving it a b minus because i thought you know i thought it was a cool album and again like there were a lot of really good songs maybe some of their best but it just doesn't i don't know it doesn't really feel like a brock hampton album it feels like it feels like they're all very confused about what they want to do there's all different input and i don't know i saw the anthony fantano um interview with them and it just kind of seemed that way to me like like there were a couple spare members the one producer ramil joba Kevin and then there was like one other guy who anytime a question was answered they would talk but then the other guys would kind of hang in the background or like glitch out or something and that's kind of how the album feels to me it's like the people who are cool they pop up they go forward you know Matt Champion Dom uh, Merlin uh, and then the other the, the four I just named you know they pop up a lot and then everybody else kind of gets shafted I feel like I don't know like I don't know Bareface gets kind of shafted like I don't really know where he's at on this album I don't really like him that much but he's not really 
too much on this album. Matt Champion, mm-hmm. like he sounds like he's in saturation mode. Like he doesn't really seem like he's updated his rap style at all, like or his skills at all. Um, I just feel like they either get they either get like put to the side or they pop up, and I'm just like I don't want to hear you, you know, do this, you know, bright light spotlight might fight flow, <laughs> you know, that was cool on saturation, but not cool like now. And there were way too many guests, I would say. That's pretty much my, but I, but I think it, I think it is essential because I think that it is, um, at least pandemic wise, it's a very good reflection of what's going on. And there's a couple of songs on here that really like fucked with me, like the light or that I really fucked with, like, uh, the Danny Brown song. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, teetering on a C minus C plus for me, but still good. Uh, So like, um, so this is actually the first time I've heard of, um, yeah, of Spirit of the Beehive. I've actually never listened to any of their stuff. So going into their new album, Entertainment Death, really interesting. Real interesting uh, album. Very uh, conceptual. Um, it's very dreamlike as well. Like just the production on there is just like incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, Ryan, uh, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, they're from Philly. Uh, uh, if you guys don't know, Philly Trio. Um, they've had like six members or five members and they've cut it down to three, which I think was a good idea. Um, you know, uh, whatever. Um, but 2018 was their last album, Hypnic Jerks, which is pretty good. I didn't listen to that back then. I gave it a listen now. It's good. You know, it's, it's pretty good. Um, you know, like punk and rock music. It's, it's like a little bit standard, I guess I would say. Um, and I, I did read the Pitchfork review of this and they said they compared it to that album and said it's not much different from it. And I couldn't like disagree more. Um, I think this is like such a crazy, crazy, crazy album. I wouldn't say it's without its influences. Like there are, you know, animal collective influences, definitely the strokes. Um, I would say a couple other, a couple of other bands I, I can, I can think of that definitely influence the sound of this album. But as you alluded to the dreamlike um, structure of it is what I found the most entertaining about it. And, um, I, it just feels like, I don't even know. It feels like a DMT. I've never done DMT, but it feels like doing DMT or it feels like, um, taking like an Ativan or taking like, um, um, Ambien or something and then like not being able to fall asleep. That's what it feels like to me where it's just like, you're like half, you, you know, you're, you're, uh, sleep. Uh, what do you call that thing? Sleep. Fuck. What the fuck is that thing called? Paralysis? Sleep, not sleep paralysis. Yeah. Like your sleep paralysis demon is like playing a concert to you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just playing whatever the fuck he wants. Like it just goes from like, you know, like uh dream pop to like a folk song to post punk to, you know, uh, whatever I suck the devil's cock is like, it just like goes from song to song to song to song, like at will, the transitions are very crazy to me. That that was probably my favorite part. How the album, it just like does whatever it wants whenever it feels like. So, so tell me uh, why is your favorite song? I suck the devil's cock mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's four songs, bro. It's the indie sicko mode, dog. <laughs> it's four songs it's in the, one. It's the indie sicko mode. I like the third. Um, I would say I, I always have trouble figuring out which part is my favorite. I like the first part so much. Um, the second part, I like it sort of. It's pretty good. The third part is really, really good where they speed up the guitars and they speed up the drums. That part is real cool. It has no lyrics about um, giving the devil head or like drinking the devil's like fluids or anything of that <laughs> no Nas X on this one but um I just like no lap dances for the devil on this one but like 
I don't. It's a crazy song. It's it's not my favorite song of the year off this album. I would say the server is immersed. Um, if you've heard that one, that's probably my favorite one. Feels like it's coming like into like a dark woods or something like that. Like you're entering like a dark woods and it's like, like very, like the ambience and it's very like mm-hmm. it's a very cinematic uh, album. Yeah, yeah, it is very cinematic. What what was your first impressions of it hearing it? Because you said it's your first time listening to them. Um, honestly, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, like. Mm. Honestly, like when I first heard this, I felt like I was like in a dream the whole time. Like I felt like I was like transported, and um, it kind of just like takes you on a like a wild ride through these songs. Is this like a like a breakup album or something? Or like it probably has elements of that. I um I'm yeah I, I looked I listened to it a while ago. I've been listening to it on loop, but I haven't been paying attention to the lyrics too too much. So probably it definitely has some elements of that. I would say mm-hmm. yeah, because it definitely feels like um like this band is really just going through like this grief over something, mm-hmm. which cause like I wasn't really like paying attention to lyrics either. I'm just going off like vibe of the album. Yeah. And like, it just feels like it's like, a real sad album and very, very like introspective and you're able to like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I felt like I was like, like sitting down doing something and like, this could be like the background to like a movie scene or something. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely could. It definitely could be seen as introspective. And again, I'm not going to pause it to look, go look at lyrics or whatever, but like, as far as like, um, like kind of what I had looked at when I was, when I was like reviewing it or, or, or listening to it or whatever, it was like some of the themes that I came across were definitely hopelessness for sure. That was a big one. Um, give up on your life is just like, you don't even have to go and look in, into the lyrics, like give up on your life is just, come on, <laughs> like give up, give up. You know what I mean? Um, what I, the way that I kind of, that I kind of felt about it is like, I, I like the, the album cover a lot. I think it's very representative of what, um, the album is to me it feels very amoral it feels very um like you're stepping into evil knowingly and you see that it's evil in its face but you, you still go along for the ride type of thing mm-hmm. and uh oh sorry we gonna say no no yeah i'm gone yeah like it's like a fun house or something like that you you walk right into like this like you know thing that looks like it's like an, the alaskan bullworm mixed with like i don't know dracula or something like that you walk right into it and you're just like all right this is this, is, this should be fun and then you're surprised that like you're seeing a bunch of fucking weird shit and you know <laughs> getting all these e- demonic sounds thrown in your head. You start off the album and it's just like it's just like it's like what did you <laughs> what did you expect, right? It's just like Mm-hmm. it throws you right into that but the cool thing about the album it, it has moments like that where it's just like blast of noise blast of sound and then it just like boom it's like whatever they want to do next then it's just a regular rock song goes mm-hmm. right into that next i don't know i guess i guess like it could be summed up almost also like it's like life or something like that like and like you just you just get entertained your entire life and then you die type of thing it's kind of felt more like that than ever this whole pandemic you know mm-hmm. what i mean <laughs> we're just entertaining yeah we're just entertaining ourselves until die whatever happens yeah exactly it's just like all right like (laughs) you know you're driving to this funeral you're playing music you're driving here you got you know you go to the concert you got music in your ear your your child is is being birthed and then you're like going your phone and go on twitter for a second it's like (laughs) (laughs) like, let me go on twitter (laughs) but yeah i I had given this album and like an a like uh and i i think it's my pretty much like my album of the year but i know that you said gave lana the tentative album of the year title would you say you'd probably say that lana is better right 
just knowing Lana and just knowing what she makes songs about, um, I thought that she did a really good job of, the, of like, you know, doing like a breakup song or doing a song about like her version of like female empowerment or something, mm. you know, where I'm like, like, I, I totally hear what she's saying and she does a very good job of portraying that. But, um, yeah, with this album, I thought, uh, yeah, I, I thought they did a good job of just having, like, I mean, I was entertained. <laughs> yeah, per- just portraying complete chaos, like, kind of the opposite, right? Where Lana is very structured, very, like, you know, this song is about, you know, meeting the guy at the business conference while his wife is at home with the kids type of shit. Like, you kind of get where she's going with each song. And her voice is very nice and and very prominent. Mm-hmm. And on this album, the, the vocals are probably the weakest part for me. That's probably why I, I hesitated to give it an A+, because I don't want to go too overboard. I just think the the vocals could, it's not that they could use some work. Like, I feel like they perfectly fit into the vibe. I feel like if they had lyrics that were readable and like, were like really, really stand out and not kind of warped into the beat, I feel like it would kind of sound awkward. So mm-hmm. it is kind of stuck in like a catch 22 situation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the way that you're saying is the way that, um, Spirit of the Beehive, like they, the way that they mixed this album, they kind of used vocals as like another instrument right. rather than like the main focus of every single song. Yeah, almost like the way that Young Thug used to do it, like with his earlier shit, where it would just be like, ah, 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 and then he would mix that into like the song, like as like a synth Is or whatever. It, uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Type of shit. Yeah, yeah speaking of, uh, of Young Thug. Young oh, well, Thug, that was a good transition. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, speaking of Young Thug, Slime Language 2. Mm. You know, um, I, I know you were you had your doubts about this album because you weren't the biggest fan of Slime Language One, right? No, I wasn't. But but here's the thing about Young Thug, and here's the thing about an album like this: uh, you just know that, like, uh, you know, Spirit of the Beehive very conceptual, Lana very conceptual, and like even like to an extent, like Lil Durk or something like that, or um, any of those people, like like Lil Durk or Chief Keef, or you know that they could you know sit down and make 12 songs and make it about something even like king von whatever like the, that album last year i thought that was really good um welcome to oblock mm-hmm. this is like you just know it's 25 songs you know that there's not going to be a concept and there's all these guests so you know that there's not going to be like a it's not going to be quote unquote album of the year but you just know that if you're not too huge of a fan of all these people like i am um you know you'll grab a couple songs so i don't know i don't I've been trying to look like albums like this where they're not going for a big concept, big theme, like big critical, you know, thing. They're not really trying to be critical and they're mm-hmm. kind of just kind of just turn up music. I've kind of just been trying to um, listen to it as turn up music. And I think that's pretty good turn up music, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think um, production wise, like just a general note on this album is that like I, I thought the production was very good on this. Notably, project. yeah, Re- really, really good. Yeah, especially like with the Young Thug, you know, like because Young Thug has just been killing it, like with every single thing he touches. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think he's probably one of like the only people from like, you know, two thousand or late two thousands that like are still making hits for today. Yeah, I mean, even to an extent, like Chief Keef or something like that. Like he's cool, but I don't, I can't recall a Chief Keef song made in the past year or whatever. He's the ma- he's the Don. He's like the master. He's solidified. He's a goat. But yeah, like mm-hmm. Young Thug and Future. Um, but even, I think even more, more so to an extent, Young Thug um, has it in the bag right now. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And plus, like, um, yeah, just like going down like the songs too. Like, I, I thought that um, it had a pretty like strong. I want to say like really strong beginning, but like it definitely had like a pretty like good beginning with like Slanty mm-hmm. f- featuring Yak Gotti and um, Little Duke. Like, I thought that was a really good intro track for this yeah. project. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and then like um, it kept going down, and uh, Ski is gonna honestly. I, I kind of hate right now because Ski is gonna be a social media. Um, oh, I saw the ski challenge. Yeah, of course. It's gonna be a ski challenge, which you know I, I hate. I hate any social <laughs> challenge. media challenge. It's just like. Like, what do you, like, challenge? Like, what do you, I don't know. I, I, I personally think, like, just challenges are just dumb in general, like, it, especially social media ones. It, it feels like it could be forced. I don't think there's an organic movement behind it in the same way, like, um, I don't know if you've heard, like, all, like, the Beatbox Challenge uh, remixes, like Beatbox 2 with Pusha IC, Beatbox 3 with The Baby, Beatbox 4 with NLE Chopper. Mm-hmm. Um, those are cool because, like, the way that they do those songs is, like, very specific to them. Like the Beatbox Three is like very goofy. The baby, like he's like really like falling into the role uh, of the baby, like a complete meme. Mm-hmm. And then Emily Chopper, he like fucks up and chops up the beat, and he he goes over long on his verse instead of like keeping it concise. And then I don't know. I think that's an interesting way to do songs. I think it's cool. Uh, it's like an organic way to remix songs and, and get a song to the top of the charts because like it's continuing to produce. It's almost like Old Town Road where they continue to produce pretty good songs. I would say and pretty fun songs at least. But ski, mm-hmm. I don't see it like it feels very inorganic. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, it seriously does. I mean, I feel like uh, there's not really many songs you could do social media challenges with on this project. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Personally, like I, how I feel with this project is that like with all these features, I feel like like Young Thug does kind of get lost on on these songs. Yeah. You know, because there's just so many people like coming out of nowhere to do their feature and just super long, like on Warrior or something. I hate that fucking song. <laughs> I hate that song. The the chorus is so bad. I had to, I was in the parking lot of the mall today, and it, it just little key was just screaming in my ear. Warrior, warrior, warrior. I was just like, there's a couple of songs on here that were clickers, like like you know on the AirPods where you go like, yeah, like a couple of clickers on here. I would say, yeah, honestly, I think one of my favorite songs on here. I really like Superstar featuring Future. Superstar is so good. Like I really like it. Like so dumb. I love it. Yeah, exactly. I like because, um, you know, Future and Young Thug, the titans of uh, the trap industry, they're just making it like a super, like a silly song. It kind of reminds me of like relationships of when they did like their last feature on. Um, or or Submate too. You hear that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like how like they both like whenever they get like on a song together, they just like kind of like out ridiculous, try to be out ridiculous each other. Yeah. But uh, it still sounds good. Like, you know, it still sounds like they're having fun, which what these songs should be about. Just having fun. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. I didn't know that was Future when I first heard it. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this like a Future clone? And I'm like, wait, is that Future? And then <laughs> <laughs> the beat is really funny. And um, the beat for the second, the song after that came out with Lil' Keed, I thought that was a pretty fun. I thought that was a good song, too. I enjoyed that one. Um, there's a couple of really good ones on here. I mean, I, I, I've always liked, um, ever since it came out, G- GFU. Um, with Yak Gotti, Sheck West, and Young Ko, I think that beat is really, really sick. Um, the get punk, get fuck, motherfucker, get fuck, whatever. <laughs> get fucked up, get fucked. You know that song? Oh yeah, I do know this. That's a cool one. Um, I've always thought that was a good song. And take it to trial, I thought was a mm-hmm. very strong single. I, I wish that Young Thug would have just used that as a single for his album or something instead of this, but. Uh, he really should have. Like, yeah, I thought that was a really good one, too. I, I thought Take It to Trial was one of my uh, favorites on here, too. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, Pots and Pants, too, featuring Lil Duke and Nav. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. Yes. I'm a I'm a big Nav hater myself. I 
I hate Nav. I don't think he's the best, but I do think that on this project, like he he brings it. You know, like he he really honestly he doesn't sound the worst on this song. <laughs> no, he do, he's good for his feature. Um, on his own shit, he um notably just like sounds like a buzz or something like that, or like a I don't know. He just sounds like a he just gets very tiring after like three songs. Like you're like, all right, Nav, you're kind of spitting, and then by the by the fourth time, he says, you know. I got the proud issues and I'm proud of myself. It's like, all right, bro. Like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Stop. But yeah. Um, yeah, there was a big dry spell between paid the fine and warrior where I was, I was really starting. I liked the album started off real strong. The, the, the beats were incredible. Once it got to paid the fine with little baby, um, little baby was just doing whatever he wanted over this trap. Like he was not even trying to be on beat at all. I thought that sucked. Um, proud of you with little Uzi vert. I, I think it's horrible um i hate that song i don't know yeah what, uh, very underwhelming for for an uzi feature yeah it's just like I, I don't know at first it was kind of a cool chorus and then it brought it back with the i'm proud slime i'm proud of you i just bought a rolex i'm proud of you mm-hmm. i was like all right um real with unfunk fucking horrible song i don't like that one at all was it unfunk kind of sounds like a like a sloppier kevin gates or something like, yeah, real sloppy. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, he he goes over that guitar beat like almost like Gunner would do, but he's very like like black and mild throat. He has like that kind of symptom where it's like very raspy, almost mm-hmm. like a crispy life kid or something like that, where it's super 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 raspy on the voice. And it's like I don't. know, He kind of just sounds like a thug. A, like I don't want to sound like Fantano, but he does kind of sound like a thug clone to like a maximum extent, where it's just mm-hmm. like okay, um, and then. And then I like with Coyle Ray and Carly. I I didn't like that song at all. I don't know how you feel with that one. Uh, I think it it was kind of like okay. I mean, it definitely didn't really stick out to me much on this project. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I have my eye on the Coyle uh, Ray right now. I I think she is gonna have like probably her biggest summer yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to see. Hopefully, her next project. Like I think like this is like a good stepping stone for her career, but just not a good stepping stone for this project. Yeah. And we are one step removed from Coyle Ray because we are personal friends with Chavo. Uh, <laughs> we did that interview with Chavo, the boy, the absolute boy. Talked about uh, Scorsese movies and some other shit and his his cool project that came out with Pierre. So we are one step removed from Coyle Ray. We would like to get that interview. I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah. Co- it would be Co- cool. Coyle Ray, <laughs> please have me on your cooking challenge show. I will. <laughs> <laughs> she has that? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But she's doing it. Yeah, uh, she does something on... Um, I see it on Instagram. I don't know what it, it, she's filming it on, like probably like YouTube or something. But yeah, she just like cooks like some pretty crazy stuff. I'm like, oh, like okay, that actually looks pretty good. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, Co- Coiler Ray was not the worst part of the song. I, I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like Car Car whatever her name is Carlay Car- Carly Carlay. Not a f- not a fan of her. Coiler Ray was cool. Coiler Ray was okay. Uh, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll I'll retract uh, to get the endorsement off. <laughs> Coiler Ray is cool with us. Um, warrior I didn't like and then and then I, you know take the long road to rope it back to what you were saying pots and pans for me is where I you know I fell asleep for a bit and then pots and pans like literally woke me up you know mm-hmm. Nav Nav uh, the boy Nav the absolute boy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the boy um, yeah I thought that, like uh, that was a very strong song on this project and then what did you think of a uh, walk star it started to get better for me after that is what I was trying to say um so yeah, I like that because I like that one. I like Superstar. Strick sounds a little out. bit too much like Twenty One Savage. Strick is Strick is towing the line of Twenty One Savage. I don't know if you you thought mm. that or not, but I thought he was Twenty One. I didn't know. Yeah, I thought it was Twenty One. I thought Twenty One's not on this project. Yeah, he should have been replaced with Strick. Um, 
Mm. I, I don't like how a lot of these, a lot of the Atlanta rappers or a lot of the YSL rappers specifically um, get a little bit uncreative where it's just like they sound like female young thug or they just sound like, you know, they sound like they sound like Gunna who kind of sounds like young thug where it's kind of like almost like I understand it's like his children type of shit where I, I get that. It's just like, and I know slime that language, right? Yeah, exactly. That, so I, I forgive it a bit because it is almost like they're speaking in slime. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, all right, like if you want a career, like if if Strick wants a career, or if Unfunk wants a career, or like any of those, even like Lil Keed, if he wants a big career, like I feel like you got to kind of branch out and, you know, you can't just be saying nonsense like little like Young Thug. That's not really the formula. Young Thug is like a genius. Like Lil Keith is not a genius, so I don't think his 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 songs work out quite as well. Mm-hmm. You know, no, definitely. And um, speaking of songs that didn't work out too, I didn't think um, Solid featuring Drake really worked out either. So, I'm on the yeah Drake. Drake went a little bit lukewarm with this feature. Um, just kind of talking about the same old shit. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know. Like Jake, Drake didn't really bring his like uh, his charismatic like um personality to the track either like what he normally does no. it, it kind of just fell flat it did fall flat um you know i again i i would i would have liked um you know white wine drake or like uh or like the drake on that was on the 21 savage album just being like extra out of pocket and horny uh mm-hmm. it's like very it's a fun lane for him i just feel like he did you know he, he's kind of going back to his you know big mansion talk yeah, so I guess the next one too I kind of want to talk about is uh, Moon Man with uh, Kid Cudi. Yeah, I was going to say that one. A, next. <laughs> yeah, what did you? Th- well, I want to hear your opinion. I think you're more of a Cudi dude. I, I, as a Cudi fan, like, how did you? Do you think he fit into this? Did he, do you think he spoke the slime language well, or do you think he needs more Duolingo? Uh, I think he needs some Duolingo. To be honest, I mean, I thought like okay, I didn't think it was like bad. I just thought like it kind of sounded like something that could have been cut from Man on the Moon three. Yeah. And it kind of seems like he kind of just took that entire style and just pasted it onto Man Moon Man. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree. Um, I heard the song once uh, once in the line for H and M while I was picking out underwear. I was underwhelmed by it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, <laughs> and I didn't go back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not the. I mean, you know, like, it didn't really like like I don't know, didn't stick out to me. Which I feel like a lot of the features on here. Not a lot of stuff really stuck out to where, like, you know, it could be, like, a single or or a strong single with it. Because I felt like so much fun. Young Thug had so many great songs on that project. Right, And then to go to this, because, like, this project kind of reminded me of, um, of, like, Dreamville, you know, with, like, J. Cole and and company. Did you listen to that album? Did you like that album? I didn't, I didn't, never even gave it a chance. Uh, I didn't, I'm not going to say that like, I'm a huge Dreamville like fan, but I, I you know, I, I liked uh, the, some of the songs I listened to, like I like uh, Costa Rica and everything, like mm-hmm. everyone else, but like, I feel like there's not too many Costa Ricas in this, um, on this album. That was, that was a bit of a different experience because I think there was a whole rollout where, first of all, it was Grammy nominated, but also, um, they had this whole rollout where it would be like Brett Fiaz got a, a thing in the mail where it's like, you have been invited like to participate in the Dreamville album or the Ski Master Slump God or whatever, ASAP Ferg, they all get stuff in the mail or like stuff on, you know, their email or whatever. So it was like, you know, it was a lot of Dreamville people. And I think Dreamville honestly has a more talented lineup um, than, than YSL. Um, Gunna is cool. Obviously Young Thug is, is obviously, you know, the goat. Um, Yak Gotti is getting there. He's cool. Um, other than that, you know, I don't even think Roddy Rebel is a part of their crew. 
Uh, other than that, I don't really see much like potential out of a lot of these people. Like I love Young Thug, obviously, and uh, all that. But J. Cole, you know, he has himself. Obviously, he has um, the fuck Ari Lennox, uh, Earth Gang. Um, he has a few other people, Boz, couple couple other people who who I can see having, or I can see already having, um, you know, like potential outside of the context of a dreamville album mm-hmm. yeah because i feel like those people i mean the people you just named i feel like they when they feature with j cole they don't try to sound like j cole you know they no, don't is doing to, her own thing completely exactly exactly like you know like they are a more diverse i guess more of a like just sonically more diverse than yeah. a lot of people that are on this project mm-hmm. yeah no i would agree with that i would 100 percent agree with that it's just like i just feel like I don't know. They have they have a lot of cool people on on Dream, but Jid. I mean, I forgot about Jid. Like Jid is oh, Jid yeah. is an even better rapper than J Cole in a lot of respects. Or or Shmino too. Shmino's Shmino is part of um um Dreamville, and he's a really good R and B singer. They all have different things. All you know, they all have different mm-hmm. specific things. They all have they different hit. skills that they can bring in. But like here, I feel like everybody kind of has a, a brings a similar skill slash energy. To Thug, you yeah. know, it's like they were kind of hoping Young Thug would have um you know picked up all the picked up everything but i mean it's hard to do that when there's it's what 23 25 songs yeah he's again he has like the training wheels and whatever song he doesn't appear on it's usually the weaker songs in my opinion so yeah overall i would say um i'll leave a grade list for now because i think we're gonna i don't know exactly how we're gonna break it up i was thinking maybe you can do the first 12 i'll do the first, i'll do the last 11 or maybe we can just kind of take what we said today and kind of summarize it somehow i don't know but um you know, however we want to do it. Maybe we can just cut this and put it on IGTV, to be honest with you, somehow. Mm-hmm. Whatever. No, whatever. Yeah. whatever. Um, but we'll, we'll figure that out. But um, yeah, I think um, yeah, maybe refrain from a grade now. Maybe we'll do that during the week. Um, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned to our um, Instagram to see the grade we give this. Um, Stay tuned. We might we might like it. Again, Hannibal Burris said, don't uh, – you got to pay attention to the context you're listening to albums in. Again, I was looking at underwear uh prices uh while i was you know trying to trying to get good underwear prices while i was listening to the the moon man song so i kind of don't remember it uh that well so is it not memorable or am i just a bad music listener i don't know we'll find out during the week uh (laughs) that's pretty much it for music um one last thing i wanted to mention uh fallen philadelphia um eagles fan legend youtuber um eat that pussy 445 what's going on with that guy What's going on with Eat That Pussy? Oh, man. So, for those who aren't familiar with it, it, it's actually kind of weird how it's kind of happening. I saw on Twitter that somebody pulled a Chris Hansen on Eat That Pussy 445. You know, pretended they, they were a 15-year-old girl and had Eat That Pussy 445. Well, you know, now I'm thinking about it. It's pretty inappropriate if you keep calling him Eat That Pussy talking about the story. Just but call him EDP. Um, EDP 445. EDP. EDP four four five. Um, he, yeah. So like, he shows up to this parking lot where he was expecting a underage woman or underage girl, um, to be there. Yeah, watch and it, man. It was some dude. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I corrected myself. I was like, I don't want to fucking, bro. That guy's just a fucking scumbag too. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, so they caught him like in this um in the parking lot and they're, and they're like oh this is you right like on the messages like to this 15 year old girl who said that she was 15 and you were like yes like i'm yeah yeah he was saying his name 
uh, with shirtless, just with his big bald head. No offense. Uh, <laughs> just like on the picture, the sideways picture. Uh, you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's sending he's sending selfies to this underage person, and it just like it just like it's kind of crazy. Like I don't know why like these celebrities like, but even he's not much of like a celebrity. Like think that they can just like get away with like this type of shit. Like it's fucked up. Yeah. Um. I uh I was on the fence with him because again he's a he's a meme machine. Um. You know. Again, this has nothing to do with music. So you know whatever. But uh, he's a meme machine. Is jacking off a sport? Um, you know, if, if golf is a sport, I think that jacking off is a sport. Takes more energy. Uh, you know, classic, classic memes like the lightsaber meme, where he pulls out the lightsaber and he's like, "You're gonna today's your day to die, motherfucker." Whatever. Uh, that one. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, the one is it's showtime. Like that one. Like right, classic. Yeah, everybody who is on Instagram in the past couple of years and who keeps seeing the same thing, seeing memes over and over again, knows who eat that pussy for. for it's like a flight got canceled. Like it's like this is a pretty big deal. I, I would say in mm-hmm. the, in the community, it's the guy you've been seeing almost every other day, but he's a monster. Yeah, now he's a monster. Exactly. It's 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 weird. Um, it's weird that his his name and his uh, subject matter from his videos um uh, are playing into. It's almost like a Louis C.K. of YouTube type of effect. Uh, except Louis C.K. is not a pedophile, but you know you get it. Um. You know, but I guess I couldn't expect too much from the guy who took a giant shit in the Chipotle bathroom and left it and then made a video about it. So, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> to, to eat that pussy four four fives, EDP. Sorry, R.I.P. to EDP. <laughs> R.I.P. to EDP. That's the last words. That's the last words right there. Uh, yeah. On that. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I think we're in the episode there. Um, please uh, follow us. Subscribe. You know, throw us a like. Oh yeah, we got two K followers, bro. Yeah, thank you guys for for this the subscribers. I know I farmed a lot of you from from other people's pages and shit. You know, welcome, welcome. Thank you mm-hmm. to Chloe Savinji's tits uh, at Chloe Savinji's tits. Thank you very much for uh, continuing to repost our shit and getting us mad followers. Appreciate that. Uh, coming up this week, we got the uh, women in music uh, playlist uh, part two. Featuring a lot of those people, simping after dark. I want to give a shout out to Homogenia Kid. I want to give a shout out to um, Zionism, Sophie Zionism. I forgot your exact name. Hall of Zionism, Museum of Zionism, whatever, whatever your name is. A uh, bunch of different pages I hit up. Mia Madden, also who I did the, the interview with, um, contributed to this big playlist of uh, you know female empowerment anthems, female like good like just good songs by women. I don't know. It's not really like female empowerment, but necessarily. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for your, con- for your contributions. Look out for that. Look out for the review for the armed, which I just posted really, really solid hardcore album. Super good shit. Um, look out for the YSL album. Um, doing some other stuff for the two thousands because we got 2000 followers, uh, looking into a good era of music. Keep an eye out for the memes, you know, and uh, follow us along our journey. We're going to get the three K next month. Fuck it. There you have it. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. All right. See you next week. Peace.